your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Our show today. If cleaning up your diet is a concern of yours and you are wanting to break away from stagnant meal planning, today's show is just what you really need. We're going to have so much fun today as I have a couple guests today. I have my dear, dear friend, chef and author Susan Vess, who runs Special Eats and has a wonderful book, Special Eats, which is on gluten and casein free cooking. She also takes a very big health approach in her recipes. And then we had a little bit of a we have a little bit of a change today. Um, here in the state of Wisconsin, we are having an ice storm, and the whole world is kind of snowed in and iced in today, including my 14 year old daughter who's joining us today. Her name is Mia. She Hello. <laughs> Thanks for introducing yourself. She's I know. She's going to join us to talk about kind of tricks that she has for staying on a healthy diet while at the same time. Being a teenager, which I, I think will add a lot of perspective to uh, parents that are out there listening today. Thanks, Mia, for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mom. Susan's going to join us a little bit later. She's also caught in the storm, and she's going to get to a phone as soon as she can. But um, I wanted to, to have Mia in there. And, and I think the reason I really wanted Mia to be on today was because it is so easy for me to say what your children should eat for breakfast. But um, I would like you to hear Mia's perspective. Now, Mia has been on a gluten and casein-free diet since she was seven years old. Prior to that, she lived on macaroni and cheese and pizza and all the chicken nuggets. Those were the good days. What, what, Mia? Those were the good days. (laughs) Oh, like you're so suffering now. I know. So, So the thing is that I want people to understand is that you were not raised in an organic world. We we really ate a lot of junk back when you were a little girl. I mean, I remember the one year that we bought you a bag of Tootsie Rolls at, at Christmas time, and every day, like, gave you handfuls of Tootsie Rolls. Missed that. <laughs> Isn't there, like, any organic Tootsie Rolls you could buy me? We are going to talk about Tootsie Rolls today. Isn't that cool? There is a good uh, dessert. And actually, I, I might as well say it now, because if people are got Tootsie Rolls popped up and I don't want to I definitely don't want to forget this recipe. This is a, a simple recipe that you can make for anybody and they really make like a fa- fabulous tootsie roll. And where, what you take is you take a cup of ground flax seeds, a cup of like a um a, you can use agave. I actually I think brown rice syrup works the best. So a cup of brown rice syrup, a cup of um uh ground flax seeds, a cup of um a nut butter. So whatever nut butter you want to use, almond butter is what I typically use, but whatever is good for you. So a cup of that. And then a half a cup of carob powder. And mix in some salt really to taste, usually about a, a half of a teaspoon. But it depends if, it depends if your nut butter was already pre-salted. So you kind of salt that to taste. 
And, it, and the best way to stir this is with your hands because it's a very, very thick kind of dough, and you can make Tootsie Roll type shapes. And then what you do is after you've got it really nicely mixed, you can freeze it, and you can pull them out one at a time, and they taste just like a Tootsie Roll. Obviously, I recommend to make them very small so that you're not having to deal with something really big. But you could also even, if you're trying to disguise this, if your child likes them the first time, put some supplements inside them, um, you know, some calcium, something like, I mean, you can even use B vitamins in those because um, uh, you're, you're freezing them, you're not cooking anything. Um, of course, the bees are going to get a little bit of a stronger scent. Now, you can use cocoa powder instead of carob powder if you want to. But honestly, most people tell me that with the carob, they don't even notice the difference. And there's a, there's some health benefits for those who have problems with cocoa. But some people, cocoa powder can be a really beneficial thing, too. So that's, that is your Tootsie Roll substitute for the day. So, Mia, let's talk about breakfast in, the, in our household. Okay, let's talk. Okay. So... Now you you like vegetables. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Can I? Is it fair to say you? There was a time you didn't like vegetables. I mean, do you remember mm-hmm. that time of your life? I remember eating recesses for like dinner, but <laughs> but goes for dinner. Wow, you're making me look so good, Mia. I really appreciate I know. it. No um, problem, Mom. <laughs> that that was before she got all healthy. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I knew I was going to regret doing this at one point. Okay, so but you, do you but do you remember kind of like putting your nose up to vegetables? You you don't really remember. You've always liked green beans, but yeah, you know. green beans were delicious. Okay, but do you remember the rule that I used to make with vegetables? Just take three bites. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me about what was going through your head when you knew you had to try something and just have three bites of it. I don't think I was pleased. I would rather not have three bites at it. I don't know. I was like, so why did you do it? Because that's the most important message to the listeners. Why did you take the three bites? Why did you not kick and scream and just, why did you do it? Well, I was an amazing child, for one. But for two, <laughs> for two, um, I think it's the motivation. I had to eat it because if I didn't eat it, I probably would have gotten in trouble. And because it's you had to eat it. That was like the rule. Yeah. See, and and that's something that I try to tell parents is that it, it has to be the rule. I mean, it can't be like it's sometimes the rule or maybe it's the rule. It's just the rule, and that's exactly what you said. It was perfect. It, it's it was just the rule. And yeah. when you're and when you as a parent, when when your kids know you're serious and you're not going to back down. You know that, and, and and can you please tell the people that I, I don't beat you, <laughs> or never did? No, guys, she hasn't beat me. She never did. But you just, and being in trouble just meant, you know, not getting a dessert, maybe having to, to, you know, not get anything else to eat for the evening. It wasn't even like that severe of a troubleness. But you, you are somebody who's very motivated by dessert. Yes, I am. I still am. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, um, uh, and it's it's fun to kind of watch you, and and you do have some decent self restraint, though. So, so let's so let's go back to breakfast. So we talk about breakfast, and I I for a long time you really loved kale for breakfast. I used to chop up kale with tomatoes and potatoes, maybe sometimes, and maybe some egg. Um, you, you have some a little bit of allergy to eggs, so I don't give you a lot of eggs. 
But mm-hmm. um, th- that was something you really enjoyed for breakfast, was kale. Yeah, that was. Also chocolate chip pancakes. That was another enjoyment. Funny, wasn't going to mention that, but I guess I should now. <laughs> chocolate chip pancakes. Now, the one thing that I, in, in my defense of the healthiness of chocolate chip pancakes, is we use... Um, a friend of ours raises these amazing organic eggs, and um, we use these fabulous organic eggs for it. And I know that it, I make—I always double my egg when I'm making pancakes to add more protein into them. But um, yeah, you—you you love your um, pancakes. I use—I use—I've used so many different. I love Susan's recipe in, in her special eats book for pancakes. But if you do need something quickly, there's there's a few companies that make some decent pancake mixes. You know what? If you found one you didn't like, try someone else's because there are some not great ones out there, and you really kind of have to play around with it. Um, uh, I know Gluten Free Pantry makes a, a, a good one. Um, what's the one that we really? Oh, Kinikinix is really good. It's really Kinikinix is the best. Yeah, but I have it, to say, it, it, there's so much sugar in it, but yeah, it's still it's very very good. Um, so, so whatever it is you need to do to make those decent. Now, you're not a big French toast person, but um, you're. Oh, no, I don't really. Well, I don't really I mean, get it because you know you like toast, you like scrambled eggs, you like. But not together. Like, what is it? What What's not to like about French toast? All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Sausages. Now you don't like sausages. You've never really liked no. sausages. No. So that's never been a good choice. However, you would gladly eat a leftover piece of a chicken breast for breakfast or oh, yeah, totally a hot roast for breakfast or something like that. Yeah. So it's really kind of coming to the child at their level. Now, what do you know what Joey's favorite breakfast is? I made it this morning. Uh, lentils, yeah. I think. Now, yeah, Joey. I'm good. Our son. Our son my son Joey's uh, twin. I mean, Mia's twin brother is Joey. And he absolutely loves, um, I make a dal, D-A-L, an Indian food, which um, he loves for breakfast. It's basically three different kinds of lentils. I I use it with my own fresh chicken stock that I make. I put some wonderful Indian spices in there, some different curries that really help fight the immune system. I put some great um, cilantro and a little bit of um, um, uh, shallot, if I can, put that in there as well, too, and that makes a wonderful thing. Now, the other thing that I'm really big about, especially, not so much to Mia, because Mia likes vegetables. I mean, she'll, yeah. I'll be cutting up for breakfast some cucumber for lunches, and she wants to snag one. So you're not so much my concern with this, but your brother and sister, I really like to make sure they eat something green in the morning. It really balances your pH for the whole day when you can, you can start off the day with something green. Now, Joey does not like vegetables for breakfast. He's made that very clear to me numerous times. But I can put parsley or cilantro into his lentils, and he likes it that way. Right. If I'm going to make him a piece of um, toast with some, like, almond butter on it, then I usually grab, I, I always keep, like, sunflower sprouts or some kind of a green sprout in the refrigerator. And... I just make him eat a biteful. I mean, in my, you know, I know it's not a tremendous amount, but it's better than nothing to have him eat a biteful of sprouts. So that's something. And he, he's another one. He, does, he doesn't fight. He's just like it's the rule, and that's just the way it goes. So, anything else for breakfast that you can think of that you want to mention? Um, I like your waffles. Oh yeah, well, your Mickey Mouse waffles. Mouse waffles, yeah, those are similar to the whole pancake issue too. Yeah. And I like, I love making homemade sausages. But you're still, did you eat that when when I made those when we went to the Wisconsin Dells? Did you eat those sausages? 
No, I like I because okay, my friends ate them. This was Susan's recipe, and basically, I took all different kinds of ground meat. I took some ground turkey, um, some ground lamb, and I may have put a tad of ground pork in there. Although I'm not a big fan of pork, but I, I think I had some left over from that was organic that I put in there as well too. And then um, uh, penzes, penzes spices makes a great one called Bavarian spice. It is so good for sausages. And so I put like you know some some of that in there for spice. I put some salt in there, and then um, Susan had taught me to um, dice in chopped cranberries, like just a few of them, or crop. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, uh, uh, diced cherries to put inside there. I love the taste of that. And then I always, when I make sausages, dice in a lot of parsley or a cilantro because that just like gives you um, immediate vegetable, which makes you know adds to the whole nutrition value of it. And that's a really great breakfast. And um, if a kid eats a little bit of breakfast, because like fifty percent of America, like teenagers now, don't even eat breakfast anymore. That's sad. Yeah. So, so what about you? What about school, Mia? Do, do most of your friends not eat breakfast? A lot of my friends, yeah, they don't eat breakfast. You can tell probably the ones though that do that they feel better and they're more alert, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Usually the healthier ones. That's right. When we get back, we're going to take a quick break right now. When we get back, let's move on to lunch. Uh, We'll be right back with meal planning. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadySorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. 
The ingredients are pure and chemical free. And there's no sodium benzoate in Redisorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back. We're talking about meal planning and joining me. Um, I, Susan Vest is going to be joining us shortly, but right now I have my daughter, my 14-year-old daughter, Mia. Hello, everyone. Who's really excited to be on the show and giving us some very good insight into a child's mind and doing some sort of med- to do menu planning. I wanted to talk to you today about different types of menu ideas, but um, Mia really can add a good opinion to what children have to go through in school. And I think lunch is the perfect part to have you on here, Mia, because of the peer pressure that you've been dealing with. Now, you started this diet when you were seven years seven old. Seven years old. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me about what it was like having to start the diet when uh, you know back many years ago and what the reaction was at school time to what kids thought it was kind of hard at first because you know they're elementary school kids so anything that's like not pizza is forbidden in the elementary school yeah. and okay. yeah so it wasn't great at first and plus i missed my pizza but i can't learn to like my lunches more like then the pizza at first I just brought sandwiches and stuff and then middle school was when I started bringing like leftovers well I think it's interesting Mia to tell people what happened in middle school specifically 7th grade because it wasn't so much the first year you were in middle yeah. school but 7th grade is when all of a sudden everything changed now when I when Mia's talking about her lunches typically she has um, she has cut up like Cucumbers or carrots or celery or radishes or things like that. Um, she'll even had she's had you know just all different kinds of vegetables cut up and for raw in her diet in her lunch. Sometimes you have a sandwich, but sometimes sometimes you bring a thermos of so like pot roast or just you'll have a bring lunch. salmon. Okay, we'll talk about salmon later. Okay, just just drop the salmon for right now. And so so you bring a lot of different kinds of leftover things now. Tell us the difference between, for you, and this is the same school and the same kids, what happened between 6th and 7th grade? Well, people got more mature, for one. But for two, like, everyone got so sick of what they were eating that people started, like, trying to ask ask for things in my lunch, and I ended up sharing my lunch with, like, five other people at lunchtime. So, like, in, mine. in 6th grade, they thought your food was gross. But in yeah. seventh grade, all of a sudden, they just like thought, "What?" And I mean, you tell me all the time that your parents can't, that your friends can't believe that your mom cooks homemade things all the time. My my friends love coming to your house for cooking, especially Rachel. <laughs> okay, because they just like to see, they just they just that they appreciate the flavor of home cooked meals because so many of them don't get it. And, and that and that's really it's very interesting. And I want to encourage parents of kids that are getting teased when they're younger that it could potentially get a lot easier. Now, is it easier for girls than it is for boys? I don't really know. But you sit with a lot of boys too, right? 
Um, yeah, we have a couple boys at the school. I think the boys are a lot more teasing than the girls, to be honest. Yeah, that's good to know. Like, because they're not as mature as girls are. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but you appreciate your abundant maturity, Mia. Um, I know. Thanks, Mom. But now, but now I, I don't... The other thing with your lunches is we usually do put some sort of a treat in there. Um, yeah. You know, some sort of a cookie or something like, like that. Like a kidney too or something. Yeah. And... um so you've taken before just because you wanted a treat. You've taken just a few a few chocolate chips just to have something. If you call it, it's your incentive. My motive, yeah, my motive to make it that I keep my sanity till lunchtime. But but you would never think about eating that first before you would eat. No, I always eat my food first because yeah. it's, well, it's been your routine forever, and that's right. that you do very very well. Now, if I were to give Joey the option, he would certainly eat his dessert before he would eat anything else, but um, mm-hmm. he doesn't have that, the maturity level that you have with that. So, um, And then you like your chips. And, and you know, yes. that's some of the things, too, is that I don't want people to feel like chips um, have to always be potato or corn. Um, there are uh, lots of really great other kinds of chips out there. I, um, one of my other daughter's very favorite are the rice chips made by Eden Foods, and they're almost like a puffed rice. And they have a little bit of an oriental flavor. They have some, uh, just a tad trace of a seaweed type thing in there. And they're fantastic. And my son and, and Jesse really love those. Um, and then Jesse, Joey loves the hummus chips that are made out of our garbanzo bean flour. And that's a chip that, um, it's one of his favorite. I think they taste a lot like corn chips. Um, and so for those kids who can't do corn, those make a really, really good chip as well, too. Um, I, encourage people to kind of give a variety, especially if your kid will eat things like sweet potato chips or things such as that. It's good to have a variety. If your child is dealing with the peer pressure, um, you definitely want to do what you can to make things look as normal as possible. So, Mia, you used to eat sandwiches all the time. So we would buy you a basic gluten-free white bread, cut off the crust, and you would have a sandwich. And that was We had all sorts of breads. We had good breads and sponge breads. But, yeah, that's what I had first. But yeah. there's some pretty gross bread. So parents, you got to be careful what bread you're buying your children. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bristol Bristol Bakery is a is a bakery that we featured um, at Autism One that was supposed to be in operation in in August, and it looks like they're not going to be in operation until January um, because of her lease and getting the bakery. So, um, but it should be starting off soon. And those Bristol buns are are they're good. They're so soft, and they're like a Kaiser roll. And nobody would know that that's something that, you know, you typically can't have. Now, now you know, you're not a fan of pizza, but Jesse likes pizza. And I've made, I've made gluten-free pizzas, you know, on just little Kinnikinick grounds before, too, although I'm not as much of a fan of the Kinnikinick grounds. But, um, they're a little too sweet for me, but Jesse absolutely loves them. There's a few different companies making um, gluten-free rounds type pizza rounds right now, or you can make a, um, a pizza dough from scratch and, and wrap that up. Now, let's talk about what we send lunches in, because people ask me that question all the time, and um, I typically, I like the stainless steel thermoses the most. So, you know, do a Google search on stainless steel thermoses and see what you come up with, because those really make the best, they they clean up well, they don't break, because I, I sent things in glass for the longest time, and one day they had to throw my son's entire lunch out, because he had kind of tossed his lunch bag and um, everything went everywhere. So um, 
that that's a good way to go. I, I don't like to pollute the environment with tons and tons of baggies, so I try not to do that. But the wax baggies are pretty good, and those yeah. work out really well for some of the stuff. The only thing the wax baggies really, really don't work for is things with, like, a lot of juice in them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, they get, and that's something that you do usually take is you take oranges sometimes or sometimes yeah. you'll take, you know, apple and, and nut butter or some sort and things like that, too. And um, even cut-up fruit works really good for snack time at my school or right. um, snack where the teacher's not looking time at my school. <laughs> That's good, honey. Now, no. do you remember when I used to make you hot dogs and I would wrap the hot dogs in, like, a bagel? I would buy, yeah, like, Yeah, that was so good. Why don't you make those anymore? Okay, I'll do that. I used to buy, Thank like, the, the Miss Robin's bagel mix or the, you know, from allergygrocer.com, and I would buy that bagel mix, and then I would, or actually, I think it was just the biscuit mix that I bought. You could probably get any biscuit mix and then just take a hot dog that your child likes and wrap it in a in the biscuit, and then you, you can heat those up until they cook and warm it in the morning, and you can... Um, so uh, good. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Now, if you're just Best sending a hot ever. dog, if you're just sending a hot dog, put those in a thermos. Just take them right out of the refrigerator, put them in a thermos, and then put some hot water in the thermos. And the hot water will warm the hot dog throughout and, you know, and kind of keep it steamed. Um, I, I usually, you know, put boiling water in there and then just close it. Just be careful. Make sure your child is careful or who's ever opening it is careful not to spill the hot, scalding water on them when they open it up. Right. But that that works out well. You did that a few times too, Mia. I, I do like hot dogs for lunch. It's, like, yummy, it, especially the bagel dogs, dogs. You will love the bagel dogs. They are so good. That's good. And, and so that's good. So can you think of anything else that you like for lunch? Um, we should probably, if not, we can move on to snacks. Um, okay, let's move on to snacks. We'll just jump there. Now, but, but see, let's, let's reiterate that one of your favorite lunches is leftover dinners. So when we hit yeah. dinners in our next segment, then that's going to be a big part of what it is. And that's what Joey gets every day in his lunches. Right. Dinner from the night before. They have to be dinners that smell good and that when you open up the thermos, they don't smell like... Really bad, and and some of the best leftovers for lunches are like fried chicken, um, and or any kind of a barbecue chicken or a roasted chicken. That's Those good. always do really well. Things like pot roasts and meatloaf are better to have heated. Although Mia, don't even say it because I know what you're going to say because Mia hates meatloaf. She's just like it's one of oh. her, but it's Joey's favorite. So go figure. Every kid's different. Okay, so other snacks, um, you know, having. Um, if you're making your own cookies, you can add a lot more nutrition to them, which is always a good option. But Not you, too much. You know, don't add too much nutrition, Mia. Is that what you're saying? You, you can, yeah, don't add too much nutrition. Line. Otherwise, it takes away the cookie. It's a fine line. It's nutrition. <laughs> okay. And then what about smoothies? We haven't even talked about smoothies because you used – do you remember for like probably a year and a half, you had a smoothie for breakfast every single morning? I know. And then one day I, just, I had so many smoothies, I could not – smoothie anymore. We would just make them, our, I know there's a million recipes, but our big thing was we'd put a, ban- uh, um, a banana in there, we'd put um, a cup of frozen fruit, some agave nectar, some protein powder, and some, some almond milk. Okay, that's it for snacks. When we get back, let's go on to dinner. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you and talking about different dinner ideas.
a fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R E A D I S O R B.com. Living Your Power with host and intuitive counselor Diane Brandon breaks down the old traditions of taking what life gives you. Living Your Power teaches you how to have a life of success, happiness, and fulfillment. How to live your power, feeling vibrant and confident. Tune in Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern to Living Your Power on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We're back. And guess what? We have the wonderful Susan Vest who has joined us. Thanks, Susan, for being on. Well, thanks for asking. Happy to be here. I, I told them a little bit about our day today and how is this amazingly crazy weather we're having out here, and I'm grateful that you're here. Um, and Mia is still with us to add comedy. Hello, guys. <laughs> okay, so we're just about ready to start talking about dinner. And, um, Susan, we, we, we slightly touched on dinner in the in, in the piece of things that make good lunches because we've already talked about lunches and I was talking about how fried chicken is so good in lunch boxes the next day and how how you know certain things so are best to be heated but let's talk about how you make a lot of your dinner now I don't know about you Susan but dinner when I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner I immediately think in threes I immediately think 
what's going to be my protein, what's going to be the vegetable, and what's going to be the starch? How do you do it? I don't even worry about the starch. I know that the starch is going to come somehow, so I really think about the protein and the good fats go with that, and then just some healthy vegetables, you know. I try to make my plates full of greens and, and other colors, but, but just to, to get lots of vegetables on there. And then I know that there's going to be starch. Sometimes the starch is just the, the breading on the fried chicken or, or whatever it might be. And, and I don't consciously say every day I need to have a grain to go with it. But now, I think the reason I do that is, is mostly as an incentive food for the kids. Well, I know fine. how much Joey loves his potatoes and his rice, and I know that, you know, it's an incentive food. Mia, how do you feel if there's no kind of starch involved in the meal? Depressed. I like my starch. Okay. And, but, but, but when I've made fried chicken before, you're not looking for something else no. other than a vegetable. So what no. Susan was saying is right. If, if it, it comes in a different like, form. Right. If it's something like a steak, though, then a vegetable usually is really good. Okay. Okay. You know, what, what? some of the starches that this time of year that I'm really enjoying are the winter squashes. Yeah. Whether it's butternut or the, the pata or any of those wonderful squashes, I find that if you caramelize them in the oven, they do have starch in them, but they are still low. Many of them are low on the glycemic index and caramelize up there so sweet and just full of antioxidants, and then you don't have to have a potato or rice. And and I know my family loves things like that. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to, to think about too. And especially because, and I know we're not talking about desserts yet, but you can take so many of those great squashes and almost make them desserty. Um, you know, just by adding a little bit of maybe agave into them, a lots of nutmeg and fresh cinnamons and things like that. You can make it almost taste like it's part of dessert or make it your dessert, whichever. Yes. Um, okay, so then when it comes to the starches, let's just, since we're on that subject, um, now we do a lot of rice. We do a lot of different types of rice um, and occasional potatoes. I, say, I would say potatoes are probably limited to about two times a week. Now, one of my favorite starches, which really isn't a starch, it's more of a protein, but I think of it in the starch family, are, is to have some sort of a quinoa. I love it. My kids do not like it at all, and I know you're a fan of it too, right? Oh, I love quinoa. I'm, Mia, you don't like quinoa? It's like eating flavored sand. <laughs> well, that's that's what we need to hear. What if we added other things to it? I mean, is it is it a texture issue? Is it a visual? It's I don't like both, but it's taste and texture. Okay. It, it, it's if weird. we added more stuff to it, would it be better? You know, no. we've made quinoa salads before. I think she would handle it better in a quinoa salad where there's like a balsamic vinegar and yeah, olive oil like type of thing with, with like cucumbers. She loves raw vegetables, so I think mixed that way. But as a peel-off, she doesn't care for as much. And the interesting thing is Joey, and Joey's a great eater. He doesn't like it either. And, and I've had a lot of parents tell me that a lot of their kids, you know, don't like the bitterness of it. Maybe it's just something that I really enjoy and and – I, I just find it to be one of my favorite grains, and I don't make it anywhere near as much as I would like to because the kids don't care for it as much. 
you know, quinoa shouldn't be bitter, and and one of the reasons that it might be tasting bitter is you need to rinse the quinoa before right. you because there is sort of a a coating that um that comes on that that's there in the grain, and if you rinse it thoroughly before you cook it. You, you have a good chance of avoiding that bitter flavor. That's a good and reminder. I forgot another, about that. Yeah. Another thing you could do is mix the quinoa in with another grain, like do oh. part quinoa and part rice. Great or idea. quinoa and part wild rice, or even a mix of the three. Right. That's a very, very good idea. And I should probably... Or, you know, even putting it into... Put it into a potato salad, a chicken salad, a tuna salad, whatever it is you're making, something like that as well too. Put quinoa as a filler when you're making meatloaf or meatballs as well, or a stuffing for you know like a Cornish game hen or something like that. That can work wonderfully as well. You can also stick it in with patties that you're making if you wanted to, you know, sort of round out a complete protein by by putting some quinoa and some rice and some beans even together to make make a little patty that you would serve for lunch dinner. Now, Susie, you want to, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm coming home from work and you're, you work as well, so I know you understand this. And I'm coming home from work at 5:36. Everybody's really hungry, and um, some days I'm more deluxe in my dinners than others, depending on my, you know, what I'm what I'm expecting to make that night. But I do a lot of roasting. I like I like to leave in the morning, put something in the crock pot, put something like a, a pot roast in there, um, a chicken or something like that. Talk to, talk to me a little bit about because I know you 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 really love using the crock pot. I I do. What kind of things do you put in your crock pot? Just back up the whole frustration of coming home from work and what to have for dinner. Everybody has that. You know, it doesn't matter what your situation is. We all get stressed over that, and and one of the best ways to avoid that is planning. It's sort of mantra, planning, 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 sit down with your family and once a week come up with a meal plan of what you're going to have every day, and and that really will help you avoid some of the stress of like, oh my gosh, you know, it's dinner time, what am I going to do? So one thing. And, and then in the crock pot, there are so many things you can do in the crock pot, um, from, you know, the, the chuck roast and chicken, but you can also make soup and chili, or you can you can fix something the night before, before you go to bed, and put it into the crock pot, get it all ready. In the morning, you know, you can take that crock out and put it in the refrigerator or whatever, and then just reheat it when you get home. Yeah, Whatever works for you. If you have more time at night, and, and some of us do, I, I have more time at night, I feel. And so I like to get my crock pot ready before I go to bed because I know my morning is just the time gets away from me. And it's an option. You can get your crock pot ready and put the crock in the refrigerator, or if you live like us at the Midwest uh, Snow Forest here, we can put it out in the garage and, and that's where mine is right now <laughs> it's just a really I think that doing it the night before sometimes is a little easier than trying to do it in the morning but again if you don't have a plan you're going to be just lost it's true and, and I have to say that um, 
I, I, I do tend the night before think about what it is. I, I, I used to do my all my meal planning like on Sundays, um, but now that I, now that I know so many different types of recipes and I feel more comfortable in the kitchen, I, I feel a little bit better of thinking about what's going to be the night before. And Mia, you're one at always helping with me with this because you you're very opinionated about what we're having for dinner. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I am. You know, it's and, one of and the first things I ask. It, it, first thing she asks in the morning when she gets up is, "What are we going to be having for dinner tonight?" <laughs> That's how much of a vested interest she has in what's going to be having. And well, heaven, depends. heaven forbid I deviate from that plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, don't you think that you think about it, it's nice to have something to look forward to, and you want to look forward to your great dinner that your mom's going to pick. Exactly, exactly. Like, if she tells me we're going to have meatloaf, yeah. you know you know you're having meatloaf for dinner, so you, you're like, oh, bummer, we're having meatloaf. And then you try to find a friend's house to go to for dinner. You exactly. So, and then tell, you check out your friends. You don't like meatloaf. Not stand it. And this is and this is the weird thing, you know, Susan. We were talking about earlier. She doesn't like French toast. It's like, you know, you don't. It's like, what's the logic in that? She likes hamburgers. She loves vegetables. It's like just in a loaf. What, what's Let's the talk about that. What don't you like about the meatloaf? Is it is it a, is it a texture? Is it what about it do you like? I think I just like those things separately. Like, I don't like them all together. Just but you love when I make casseroles. I made that. What? I made that chicken casserole the other day. I made a like a a white sauce, and I took some rice noodles and um, and broccoli and cut up chicken. And I made and then I I made the white sauce with the chicken stock. And when I made like that casserole the other day, and you loved that because and that, that all was mixed really together. good. And you love pot roast all mixed together. I think it's just like some. It's, 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 it tastes so weird. It's you need to do texturing. The, on that. <laughs> the texture of the meatloaf is it's all like eating a sponge. Well, that's interesting. So, you know, because there's a lot of different ways to cook meatloaf. You can cook it in the standard, you know, in a loaf shape. If you put that loaf on a, in a, in a, type loaf pan, it's going to get bushier than if you just have a free-form loaf. It's going to have more crunch to it, texture, and that might be something that that would help with that. Um, yeah. You know, take that meatloaf and turn it into meatballs and yeah, make sure that you've got, a, you've got like a dipping sauce to go with it to make it more fun and interesting. You can you make like it, meatballs then, right, Mia? What? You like meatballs? Meatballs are good. I like meatballs. That's, okay, so so what you're so what Susan is trying to bring up here is that it's all it's not a, it's not really about the taste. It's about the texture, the texture, and or that. Well, it's dipping sauces. I mean, yeah. to to take it and dip it in something. Because when I was listening to you talk about the chicken, I think that the casserole you made it was all about the sauce. Yeah. You know, the, brings it together and makes it wonderful and and you can do just so many different sauces for for the the meat ball meat loaf whatever i i think it might be my my years of growing up and being really poor with four kids that could do anything that you can imagine with ground beef yeah. and now, now I take that to a different level where I want to. I just want to take those more inexpensive cuts. I want them to taste really great and to be nutritious. So now I'm taking 
grass-fed beef and and good and and ground lamb and and bison and whatever and mixing it together and making it taste really good. You know, using cupcake tins too. It, you That's can use right. the mini cupcake tins or the big ones, and it also makes it easy to make extra and freeze it so you can pull it out in a hurry and defrost it when you need something to eat. That's exactly right. You're you're exactly right, and that does make things easier for lots of different things. And it doesn't always have to be about ground beef. You know, ground turkey and ground chicken also work great with this type. Okay, we have to take another break. I know you're excited for the dessert portion, so when we get back, you've all been very good, and you get to hear your desserts when we get back. We'll be right back with Susan Bess and Mia. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying. Normally, ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you're a male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. 
If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We're back, and we are back with Susan Vest, chef and author of Special Eats. And I have my my 14-year-old daughter, Mia, back on, and we are about to talk about desserts, gluten-casing-free desserts and good, healthy Best desserts. Best part of the day. And, you know, Susan, we are truly in our true company with Mia here because you and I are both lovers of dessert, and I know there's nobody I know who loves dessert as much as Mia. Um, the motive for dessert for Mia is incredible. There is just nothing I cannot bribe her out of through a dessert. True. And, and she can, she's 14, so she can handle it a lot better than us, you know, in, in our age can handle them. Um, but I want to talk about lots of different desserts today, especially because of the day that it is. And this really a- happened very coincidentally. But there's a reason that Susan is on her way to my house right now. Why don't you tell everybody what that is? Well, I am, first of all, I have this little side note here. I have four grown children, four grandchildren, and I love being a grandma. And I ask Betsy, if I could be a stand-in grandma for children because they didn't have anybody close by or young enough to be able to come over and bake Christmas cookies and things like that. And so I... I really never have. I mean, it's it's not ever... That's never been an option for them at all. So I love being Grandma Susan. And so we had planned for some time today that today was the day we were going to get together and bake Christmas cookies. And I uh, loaded up my car with all kinds of fun ingredients. And, oh, Susan, uh, thank you. And it just cannot wait. And we got so lucky that today ended up being a snow day, so we're all going to partake in this when we get here. And, you know, Susan, I think there's probably nothing, um, no better example than Christmas cookies of how being gluten and casein-free really mean diddly when it comes to Christmas cookies because it is so simple to convert recipes. It really is. It's especially easy for the GFCF diet. It gets more challenging when you have other food intolerances, but it's not impossible. There are always substitutions for ingredients, so don't be disheartened or afraid if your child is also egg intolerant or some other ingredient or even on the SCD diet, there, there are solutions or treats for every every possible. And, and we're going to make one for Joey today. Joey is corn and egg free, and that really becomes a challenge when, in baking. Probably, I would say, Susan, would you say the biggest challenge is that you, you have to customize more. You know, you can't you, you can't uh, out of the box solution exactly. Right, but that's okay. I mean, there's there's just always a way to fix that. And I also try to keep him cane sugar free as much as possible. But we'll work through all of that today. Um, and so, do you recommend for somebody who is just basically looking for some cookie sugar? Um, excuse me, for some cookie options for Christmas, to just start with a basic gluten and casein free uh, sugar cookie package? And which ones would you recommend? So. If you're going to, if you're just GFCF and that's it, you know, the, oh, I've forgotten the name, Cause You're Special makes a, is that right? Becky? Yeah, Cause You're Special, right. 
Oyster Special makes a very good sugar cookie recipe. Cherry Brook Farms makes a sugar cookie that's really easy and and is also egg-free and doesn't get rolled out. It's more of a drop cookie. Um, but it is a sugar cookie, and it becomes a nice, round, flat disc that can be frosted if something is on your uh, list of, of necessary things. And gluten-free um, pantry makes a good one, too. Gluten I'm sorry? Gluten-free pantry makes a good sugar cookie mix as well. Good. I have not tried their sugar cookie, but I've tried other mixes and found them all to be very and, good. And, and i got to say, just since we're on the topic of gluten-free pantry, in my opinion, they make the best pie crust I've ever tried. I, I know that there's yeah. a lot of other good ones out there, but gluten-free pantry pie crust is outstanding. It, it really is, and for the straight GFC, I think it can't be beat. However, I, I want to say Bread by Anna makes a pie crust. Oh, right. And, and that is also corn and I believe egg-free. And soy-free, and so and it's so egg-free, and and that's a big challenge. You know, you don't want to you want to leave that out. And and her, um, Anna, who who made those mixes, is very aware of of meat. She she has things that are you know soy-free, corn-free, egg-free, potato-free, and uh, wonderful. really really wonderful. Great company. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point. So. There's a lot of the other thing that I that I would say is if you find a good bread mix and or excuse me a good flour mix and there are many on the market and there are many in great cookbooks you know and not just not just mine I, um, Carol Foster has some good mixes in her cookbooks and Rebecca Riley also does that and you you take that recipe for a mix. And, and then if there's one ingredient that you can't have, you can always substitute for something else. But if you develop this, this blend of flowers, add either xanthan or guar gum to it, then you have the basis to make all of your old recipes, and all you have to do is substitute that flour blend. Right. And, and then you can also obviously have to substitute it for, because for butter with GFC of um, the gluten and casein free short things and and the ones that, that I really like the best are are the spectrum shortening, the town shortening. Right. It's organic, it's not hydrogenated, it works really well. Um, I also love to use coconut oil. It's a little more expensive. But you can use a combination of the spectrum shortening, coconut oil, and then if you can tolerate ghee you just add like one tablespoon per cup of shortening. You have a very rich buttery flavor without any casein in it. Okay. We, we have very, very little time left. Can you please tell people? Well, first I want to say coconut cream works really well for recipes that you have to cream up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can also, to get a really thick cream, you can buy organic uh, coconut milk and just kind of, it separates in the can. So just get rid of the, the watery part at the bottom and use that coconut cream for anything that requires a cream. But, Susan, um, how would you do an icing? I know this is the big question of a lot of people. Don't use ghee. Oh, yeah, Mia doesn't like ghee in her icing. That's okay, good. no, I wouldn't use ghee. I mean, I, so, I mean, I use coconut, coconut oil and the spec shortening. Those are the fats that I use and whip up whatever sweetener you want to put in there. Um, if, you can, if you can have eggs, one of my favorites 
which is like soft, creamy, uh, a marshmallow. Yeah. And, and that's gluten and casein free. And you can do it with maple sugar and even make it cane sugar free. Obviously not egg free. Um, but, but yeah, using a combination of coconut oil and shortening, you can make any of the old, old, uh, frost recipes. Oh, fantastic. Well, that was wonderful. We got through a lot of this. I appreciate so much, Susan and Mia, for being on the show today. Oh, no, my pleasure, Mom. To, to learn more about Susan's book, you can go to specialeats.com, specialeats.com for her wonderful book, Special Eats, and lots of other things that you can get on that website. Thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful week. Hopefully yours has less ice in it than ours. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.